The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the June 13th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Doing a little Game 5 preview, talking some news and notes, and new guest on the show, uh, Rotor World colleague, and also has the Project Rotor website for DFS, all, all you need there, is Nick Radikinu. What's up, man? Not much, buddy. How you doing? Pretty good, man. How was your weekend? It was good. The uh, The weather's finally nice up here in New England, so it was nice to get outside a little bit. Nice. Yeah, it's uh getting hot down by me. Uh, it's always hot down by you. Yeah, it was. It wasn't quite as high. It was like 116 last weekend. Oh dear God! And it dropped down. I can't to, handle that. Yeah, it's not bad, man. My uh, my air conditioner isn't quite. Uh, it's still doing okay, but it it doesn't hold as well. So I got to get someone to come out there. <laughs> but I, I did a pretty productive weekend. Did a lot of stuff outside. So I got a little bit of a little tan going on. Very adult like weekend for me. No basketball, man. Do you have like a like a sneaker or like a basketball sneaker tan though? Got to watch out for that. Do I what? Do you have like a basketball sneaker tan? You got to watch out for oh, that. Oh no, no. Uh, I was I was wearing some I don't, I have mostly low cut except for my basketball kicks. Uh, I don't usually go too high unless I'm wearing my Jordans. <laughs> oh, I'm just but, giving uh, you a hard time. Yeah, yeah, no. Got to be got to be a got the t-shirt tan going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Big news, obviously, is Draymond Green is suspended for tonight. He wants yeah. to be at the arena. So there's a lot to talk about here. I mean, Draymond Green, uh, I had him as the MVP to this point, barely, over Stefan Iguodala. So, I mean, that, that brings up the first question. Who do you think starts right out of the gate for uh, Golden State? I mean, they have quite a few options. Yeah, um, I mean, so I guess we won't know till tonight. But I, I, you know, I was looking up a little bit. Like they started Brandon Rush a couple times when Draymond was out during the season. So I guess that might be the the low hanging fruit. As weird as that is, um, you know, McAdoo's another option, I suppose, because I think he's probably the most comparable, you know, body type, I suppose, for for Draymond. Um, or you know, maybe they do something tricky and put Iggy and, and Harrison Barnes in the same lineup for once. But yeah, I mean, I. I guess I'm going to go with Rush, but you know, Kerr's probably got something up his sleeve. Yeah, I think it, I would start Iguodala just out of the gate. Uh, I know he hates to, he doesn't want to do that, but losing Draymond on defense really hurts, and you really don't want to get off to a slow start. The starters uh, have been actually subpar if you look at their stats. Uh, they're actually in, they played 35 minutes together, so that's the usual starters of Steph, Clay, Barnes. Bogut and Draymond, they're minus 19.7 in 35 minutes. That's really, really bad. The other top four lineup shoes are all plus by a lot. So they want to get off to a good start. Uh, and I, I would probably start Iggy there. But like you said, I think Rush is probably who he's thinking. Um, but, I mean, they could go Livingston as well uh, and kind of slide Harrison Barnes down to the four. Yep. He'd have a lot of pressure on him uh against he's gonna play big minutes he's actually second on the team in minutes and Barnes has been pretty good in the last couple 
So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, e- they're easily their most efficient lineup. has been green at center, so so they've definitely got their work cut out for them tonight. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You see Draymond at power forward in the starting lineup, but that's not the battle they have to fight. They have to fight the center spot. He's played yep. about forty-seven percent of his minutes at center, and he's been great in in those center lineups. Um, just holds the whole team together as the backbone of the defense. I love him in the high post passing. His entry passes have been great on the cuts. There's just so much stuff that he's he's going to be able to do uh, that's coming out. Uh, it, it hurts, man. Yeah, and you know the the other trickle down is I was looking up this morning. Iggy is a plus minus of zero when he's when Draymond's not playing center, and then he or small ball, I guess. So mostly Draymond at center, and then he's plus fifty four with the small ball lineup. So nice. Iguodala drops down a little bit too, theoretically, with Draymond out. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Uh, they're gonna. I mean, do you think they would play? I mean, Bogut has to step up. I think he is probably the number one. He's been terrible this whole series. Oh my god, yeah. So he has to step up. Uh, I think most pressure's on him too. And Bar, him and Barnes are uh, who you put the pressure on. But then, do you play more more buckets? Uh, what are they, James Michael Macca, gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's probably like I said, he's probably the logical you know comp, I guess, to throw in for Draymond. But he's. You know, do you really want to start him in the finals or rely on him in the finals? I don't know if I do. Yeah, you don't know if you Mac do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a rim shot somewhere. Yeah, well, oh. can't even hear it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think I mean he saw him. He didn't play since May seventh, I think, and then he all of a sudden you're like McAdoo's checking in uh, on Friday. What the hell is Steve Kerr on right now? But hey, it worked, man. Coach of so, the year, man. He's yeah, that's wrong, I guess, for people scientist. who didn't think he deserved it. For sure, it's, that's what Steve and I were talking about the other day. Like, dude, you are you're a genius. Uh, and then taking Draymond out, man. Like, what does that do to LeBron? Because I mean, Draymond on LeBron, I think he's defended him. Him and Eggie are defended him the most. He's done yep. a great job. I saw um, ESPN had a stat that he's only made five field goals on eighteen ended possessions. I think it was fourteen shots. So he had like 11 misses and then four turnovers. So he's been really good on LeBron. So how do you think LeBron fits into this? And then also, um, we'll talk We'll talk about that first. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm curious on your opinion because we haven't talked about this. But uh, LeBron, something looks off with LeBron. Like, I don't know if he's just getting old in front of our eyes or there's just like moodiness. <laughs> I don't even know what. But like, he just seems off. So if I'm a Cavs fan, which I'm not, I, I'm... I'm psyched, I guess, that Green's out, you know, obviously because they're missing one of their better players, but maybe it gives LeBron a chance to get into a little bit of a rhythm here, and, you know, it seems like Green's in his head a little bit, or he he is, he definitely is in his head, you know, you saw his comments after the last game, Um, so, you know, maybe it lets LeBron get back on track, maybe it just lets their offense in general get back on track, they've been, they've been just going away from what got them here, really. Yeah, it's I credit Golden State. I mean, you look at how he was performing in the Eastern Conference. He got better from field, from the field in every single round. He shot sixty two percent from the field yep. uh, against the Raptors. He was really rolling. But the way the Golden State defense has been, they just collapse on him. You know, they don't double him straight on the wing. But once you see him get downhill, helps coming from, from somewhere. Two guys, three guys. I mean, they just collapse on him. So not having Dre on the outside and then not having Dre on the weak side help too, even when Iguodala's on him, is really going to hurt. So, I mean, I think LeBron, if they win this game, uh, LeBron's going to have a field day um, and definitely capable. I mean, if LeBron has a big game, I don't think there's anything the Warriors can do about it, just losing Draymond. 
So changing gears, we got to talk about this, the the trash talk um, that <laughs> kind of brought Dre to what he did and, and yeah. stepping over and all that. He called him, Draymond called LeBron a B-word. Um, so what else do you want to add to that? What what do you think about LeBron and how he's being painted as a kind of a crybaby? Oh, Maurice Spates had the baby bottle emoji That was awesome. I wish yesterday. that had taken off. I really wish that had taken off. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think LeBron's always been a little bit uh, soft skin, thin skinned, whatever you want to say. You know, he's, and I think that's what happens when you grow up with everybody your whole life telling you how great you are, you know? So I, I think he sometimes has a tough time dealing with adversity. I, I mean, to go back to the B word, I, I've, you know, I've never been on an NBA court, but like I've heard worse, you know, at the playground, you know? Yeah. It's like, I'm sort of like, really, that's what got you going? Um, uh, we, we were just talking before we started recording. Like, I heard that his comeback was like, I'm I'm a dad and I've got three kids. And it's like, really, LeBron? That's your that's your best comeback? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Green's just kind of in his head. And, you know, obviously he was, he was still bothered by it after the game. Um, as far as the suspension goes... You know, I'm I'm torn on that. Like you and I have been texting about this for a couple of weeks now, because this is what is fourth flagrant. I, I like I don't think that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, like I, this happens to me uh, at home sometimes. You know, it's like I, my wife gets mad about like these little little things, and then like I'm like, honey, like why are you mad? Because I didn't like empty the dishwasher. And, <laughs> you know, it's like the culm- it's, She's like, it's not that. It's the culmination of it. So you know, it's like maybe that's a bad comparison, but. I just feel like Draymond has to be smarter in that instance, you know, and he, he has to know, especially with the three flagrants, that the refs are out there looking for him. He, I don't think he got off on that Steven Adams thing, but I think some people think he did. Um, so, like, it, it, was, it was inevitable that, like, a, a kind of a ticky-tacky thing like this was going to get him that fourth flagrant. So I'm a little disappointed that he wasn't um, a little more careful. The flip side of that, I guess, is that's how he plays, and that, that's what makes him good. So... You know, it's hard to it's hard to take that away from uh, from the way he plays as well. Yeah, so I'm gonna work backwards from how you work. So the Draymond thing too that you have to think about. You can play conspiracy theory on this because the two other instances that were really close with suspensions were Isaiah Thomas hitting Dennis Schroeder in the face, didn't yep. get suspended because they were down, and then the Draymond thing. Warriors were down. Obviously, if no Draymond was if Draymond was out, they'd be in deep trouble. But now. It behooves the Cavs not to have Draymond out there who need a win right now. Yep. So if you want to think about that, this is like the best case to play. And I don't do that, but I mean, if you I, wanted to, this is the trump card for that. I think we could talk about this all day. I, I have a pretty firm belief that the, the NBA does kind of monkey with these things. And I, I think there's something, I'm not Darren Rovell or whatever his last name is, but I think there's something like a five or six million dollar tag with Cleveland getting another home game. So uh, and then same thing if they go to Game 7 for Golden State. Um, and obviously the league gets a cut of that. So, yeah, I mean, there could be something to that. I don't think it's that crazy to, uh, of a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I mean, I've played, and I've played a lot of ball. A lot of people played a lot of ball. And, I mean, I've never, I think I may have, other than like a knee going up for a drive, I, I think only I've had knee-to-ball contact or maybe even like a strip, going for a strip and like you hit someone there. But, like, I've never had someone, i never, like, the, the way Draymond has hit his guys in the balls, I mean, I've never even seen that, like, in real, in in my years of playing. Like, it's just crazy. So, it's justified, but I still think it was a little harsh. I think give him a tech, because, uh, what, he had one more tech and he would get suspended, too. 
right two more texts to go well yeah he he was close to a two game suspension actually yeah yeah man it was, it's, it's crazy but i i get it um it's just it is what it is we just kind of got to move on and i i slightly disagree but i do think that the nba kind of made the right move as far as like making money goes right uh, and then the other thing that you talked about was the trash talking thing and how LeBron is not a great trash talker, right? I mean, <laughs> but then again, he said in the uh, press conference yesterday he wanted to take the high road after Clay said it's a man's league. He's like, hey, I've been taking the high road for 13 years, so I'll take the high road again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and like, if is I, that is that really taking the high road though? When you say you're taking the yeah, high road, yeah. like three times, yeah. <laughs> It's like taking a detour to the high road. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell he definitely wanted to, but he he didn't, so props to him. Uh, It's LeBron. Could could you imagine if LeBron said something, though? Oh, my God. I mean, I I feel like we're pretty close to having a brawl at that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, if LeBron had even said one thing, if he was like, oh, yeah, Clay, um, whatever. Because Clay complained about the Mozgov screen. Right, right. So if he went down that road or whatever, like – like, you know, there's obviously a lot of pictures of Clay like partying it up, and he, he well, was kind I of on TMZ is, for a hot minute after the Warriors won last year. This is great for all those people that say the NBA is soft these days, <laughs> and they're you know everybody's too buddy buddy and all that sort of stuff. So I think I think these guys are proving that you know that, that crowd wrong. Yeah, and like the B word's bad, but like we were saying before, it's not that bad of a diss. I mean, it's not really creative. Like oh, Kevin like, Garnett, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about. Uh, two two things jumped out when he called, and this is probably the worst of anything I've ever heard. When he called Charlie Villanueva, who has uh, a disorder where he can't grow hair, uh, I forget it's some alopecia or something. Yeah, what, yep. what it's called. Um, he can't grow hair, and, and KG called him a, looks like a cancer patient. Like, oh, that was just horrible. Yeah, that was probably the worst one I've heard. Yeah, that's that's like that's just wrong, man. Like, what would the NBA have done nowadays? Like, he would be. Thrown was out that, of the that was Stern days, huh? You didn't yeah. do it, guess, huh? Yeah, and then the other, the classic one uh, is when KG called Mello and he said, uh, "Lala tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios." <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that one goes down like that. That's just brilliant, man. <laughs> uh, like very high profile. Uh, I think it, well, they, they they were married at the time. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. That's that's like wrong but funny all. The time. Yeah, like that was before Gabby Union got. Uh, hitched with Wade, right? So she was probably right. like the yep. most high-profile NBA wife, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like, totally. Like it. Definitely as up as there. I think of, yeah. Uh, cool. So, anything else you want to add, trash talk wise? No, I think LeBron needs to to uh, hang out with like Jordan and Bird this summer and take some lessons, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, what else did we want to talk about? Oh, LeBron wore an Undertaker shirt yesterday. Do you see that? No, I didn't. Oh yeah, boy, that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> coming back, coming back from the dead casket match. It's getting real. Yeah, the, remember the um, the old Paul Bear guy from? Oh know, yeah, absolutely. Used to talk like this. I talk like the Undertaker in the casket. My uh, my neighbor for he's not even really into wrestling, but he bought like a uh, I think it was a 1991 Royal Rumble DVD, oh and uh, I, I'm ashamed to admit I've watched it relatively recently. So yeah, Paul Bearer was on it. That goes. He was um. He was an, uh, like a manager for a couple guys, right? I forget that guy. I think he had the Undertaker's brother too at some point. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Kane, right? Is that Kane? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't watched that stuff since I was like thirteen. Otherwise, yeah. yeah. I think once uh, Stone Cold got going, is when kind, of, when kind of I like, 
That was my last hurrah. Once yeah, I, Stone Cold I, when I watched died down. The Rock was like Rocky Maivia or something. The last I I watched, and then I, yeah. then he took off. Yeah, definitely, man. It's uh, I'm surprised a lot of people on my Twitter feed that are like grown ups still watch wrestling. Oh no, yeah, no offense I'm... to anyone. It's just uh, I was. I'd oh no, I, I'll I'll put a fence out there. You guys need. To... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nice guy. I don't want to exploit anybody here. Uh, all right, so move on. I guess anything Let's else you it. want? Uh, predictions, I guess. Why don't we talk some pred- predictions? Yeah. So, um... Oh, actually, one thing I forgot to mention. Um, Stephen Curry had his ice on his right shoulder, talk of off-season surgery. Um, and then he wore his Curry 2s of practice yesterday. Oh, and hot he, fire. He wrote straight fire on his shoes. <laughs> like, dude, I have a lot of pairs that I like a lot. I would never write on them. I'm not going to write straight fire on my shoes. Like, well, you're the, you're the sneaker king, so what do you think of the What are they, Chef 2s? Is that what they're called? Yeah, they're garbage, man. Like they're old. Like I have, I have a lot of pairs of. I have um, oh, all white Nike Hirachis. If you've seen those, which I could see kind of like old manny. They're all white shoes. Like it's really hard to pull off. Sure. And then I have my all white Jordan Eleven Legend Blues, um, which are like one of my favorite sneakers that I have. So, I mean, ha- pulling off white shoes is just very well, tough to do. And, and they're also like work. low tops too, right? So yeah. like. That's even worse because they look more and more like, you know, like a sign Jerry Seinfeld shoe or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, Twitter was going. We talked about this on Saturday too. Like Twitter was oh, going off. It was pretty, there were some good ones out there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's like when you have to tell people that your shoes are hot fire, they're, they're definitely not hot fire. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, and the thing too about Curry is he's such a high energy, explosive, highlight real player. Uh, you know, and a lot of these guys like have like Katie's shoes. Kyrie's Kyrie's are pretty flamboyant with the way he has like a big strap on his shoes. LeBron, right? Like all these guys have very basketball shoes are not plain, you know. No. They are these are the most plain shoes from one of the most extraordinary players like ever. So yeah, it's just that difference really made it jump out to be even worse. I feel like the, like is he going to wear them during the game? Like I feel like Lopez is not thing. the best way to go. He had said after Game Four that he would have worn them. To show them, uh, to show everyone they were quote straight fire, um, so and then he wrote straight fire on his shoes yesterday. So I don't know. I think that was. I mean, the stakes are so high to to make a tweak on going from yeah, a high right. top to a low top. I mean, I I'm not an NBA player, but I tend not to really. I play with high top. If I'm playing a game where I care about it, I'm wearing high tops every time. So I don't know if he would dare go, and especially with the weak ankles. You yeah, know, I was just going to say, for a guy with chronic ankle problems throughout his career, that's a little bit risky. Yeah, maybe Under Armour, could, maybe they could come up with a very quick, all-white, curry high top. Dude, I think they have to. Like, yeah, if you're they under have to armor, do something. You're crazy if you don't tweak those shoes now. Yeah, they have to. I mean, the way that this got caught under fire, I mean, even my dad, who doesn't have Twitter or anything, he heard about this. Like, <laughs> Like, it's just crazy that this this story is just completely taken over, and for well, good reason, man. It's hilarious. What kind of horrible market research did they do, too? Like yeah. nobody told them these were bad up up until now. Yeah, and he had to sign off on that. You would think exactly right. If you're gonna have your name all over it or the SC, anyways. <laughs> oh boy. Well, oh, so you asked about predictions. Uh, I, I'm t- I'm it's tough to pick against Golden State in Golden State, but I I just think Cleveland pulls it out tonight. I don't know why. I just feel like they will. I don't know. I I think it's going to be close. But I don't know. I just think Golden State at home, even without Draymond, 
And they have, we saw in game four, they have some depth. Uh, I think McAdoo to the rescue um, with the Master Rhyme. Um, I think he'll step up. I think Golden State will, will steal it. So we'll see if Draymond is going to be at the arena to celebrate. That'll be something. I want to see him pull a Bobby Valentine <laughs> with, with the glasses. And yeah, the absolutely. Mustache, absolutely. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's hit some news and notes really quick. Sure. Um, recent, and this has been ongoing for, I want to say, about 50 days. Um, the 76ers now more willing to deal Jaleel Okafor than Nerwin's Noel. We talked about this a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, what do you yeah. think? I, th- I think a lot of this is just kind of like positioning. You know what I mean? Like it, it, there, there's a lot of that going on, like jo- like jockeying for um, whatever, you know, trade value, I suppose. You know, so it's like I, I read that and I'm like, OK, does that mean they are, you know, just trying to drive up value for Noel because they're trying to like make it look like they want to keep him more? I, I don't know if I believe a lot of this stuff at, at this point of year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they can get more for Noel, and where their franchise is, they want to get give away the player they can get more for. So yeah, yeah, and you know, you, you know, I'm a Celtics fan, obviously. Um, so you know, a lot of the rumors around here are the three pick for Okafor, and you know, maybe some sweeteners on on the Celtics side to throw in on top of the three pick. But um, I don't, I don't even know like who, which I would prefer. You know, I think. Okafor is a lot better player offensively, but he's obviously got defensive defensive uh, problems. And then Noel is such a raw, you know, quote unquote, high upside player. But then it's like, is he ever going to develop any type of offensive game? So I wouldn't, you know, if you if you made me choose which one I'd prefer, I guess I'd say Noel. But you could make a, a case for Okafor as well. Yeah, um, if I'm the Celtics, I'd probably. Uh, I don't know with the way that offense works. Stevens putting Stevens would help Noel a lot. I think Stevens would help Noel more than he'll help Okafor. Yeah, Okafor is very isolation, one-on-one based. So sure, probably would rather have Noel. But um, and Okafor is a bit of a knucklehead too. I know he's only yeah, like true. Over twenty, but he had a, it was at least two or three things last year. Yeah, that big was it. Um, was it in Boston? When yeah, he got he got, yeah. he got in a fight outside a nightclub, and then like it was literally like a week later he got caught going like 120. Oh my car. god! It cost a, It was a, that has a like a 20 mile per hour. Yeah, on yeah. A bridge, like, man, you just got in a fight. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't. That I thought that was worse. Like, well, yeah, dude, that's that's, that's dangerous, right? I mean, you're going on a bridge, very you know tight bridge. There's not like obviously you can't go off the bridge. It's a, a legitimate bridge, but. You can really kill yourself on something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, man. or somebody else. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I think to, to go back to Okafor, like, I think they're, they're, the Sixers are in a tight spot because they've got, theoretically, Embiid coming back, uh, theoretically, Saric coming over, and then they've got their two centers they've got already. Um, and they could, I guess, be adding Simmons. So they've got a, a lot of people in that front court. So if you're a, if you're a rival GM, you know, it's like a game of chicken, right? So you're like... All right, yeah, I know you want to trade these guys, so I'm just going to wait and like hope you come down to my price. Yeah, do you think they would? Because I, th- I think a lot of people could use a front, like the Celtics. You said are probably a lot of teams. And they're also sure. aggressively shopping that third pick report yeah, from right. Ashrod Blakely today on CSN yep. New England. So that's more positioning too, though. I mean, Ainge says this every single yeah. right. He, like he wants fireworks and. You know, we're going to make a splash, and he hasn't done that yeah. at all. Um, I've also heard him say, like, we're, you know, he'll say that, but then he'll also say, well, we're not going to make a, a trade that makes us worse in the long term, which as a fan, I appreciate. Um, but 
I don't know. I'm I'm kind of prepared for them to actually use that third pick, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, it all depends on what they can get back. I def- I think they are right on right on the the doorstep to compete with LeBron. Oh, and LeBron had kind of sneakily said that he's going to stay with the Cavs next uh, for the foreseeable future. He was talking about the like, community work and stuff. So, if you want I, if the speculation on LeBron leaving, is in my view, is kind of subsided a bit. Well, I mean. Can you imagine the PR nightmare that would be? Oh, and my then, God, yeah. Like, where would he go is the other question. I mean... You, Golden you, State? Oh, <laughs> God, imagine that. I mean, it's not like he can go back to Miami. You know, Cleveland's his hometown. And then it's like, what, like, what are you going to do? Go sign with, like, Toronto? I mean, there, <laughs> I just don't know where his logical landing place would be. Yeah. It's fun, though. Everyone loves to speculate on that. We'll definitely do that uh, probably in a week or so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be sure. nuts. Uh, okay, so moving on here, uh, Andrea Bergnani looking to play in Spain. So Il Mago. Yeah, I think he'll be pretty nasty overseas. <laughs> I mean, his game translates over there a lot better. Um, yeah. You and I were texting about this the other day. Like, I was watching some some Bender highlights and Dragon <laughs> Bender, and uh, he's again, I'm no scout, but you know, he he looks a little bit like Bargnani. They, they're like those big seven footers that. They want to play on the outside and, and not you know draw or initiate a lot of contact. So, yeah, that game translates really well overseas. Definitely. Uh, yeah, so I don't want to talk about bringing on any more than I have to. Uh, <laughs> so sticking with the overseas, the Suns are meeting with Bogdan Bogdanovich, the, and the repetitive name du jour. Oh, I love him. <laughs> so, I don't know. He's a shooting guard, but I guess he can play some three. So with the Suns, they got to do something, man, with Bledsoe, Knight, and Devin Booker really emerging last season. Where I mean, where are you going to play this guy? Well, how how old is he? He's like twenty six, I think, right? Something like that, yeah. So I mean, you know, he's or no, I'm sorry, he's twenty three. Okay, oh, okay, so young. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you could probably sort of transition him in through that like Hazonja role that uh, Orlando used last year, and maybe kind of work him in a little bit. But yeah, there's definitely a bit of a logjam in their backcourt. Yeah, he's going to be pretty raw uh, from the stuff I saw him overseas. He didn't look like a difference maker. I mean. Last year, Neymar Bielitsa was the EuroLeague MVP, and right. we, all, we all know the down season he had after a nice start. Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not banking on him to play more than 15, 20 minutes anyways, but I think it just really drives home the point that the Suns really should be looking to deal somebody. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and, and probably starting with, with Brandon Knight. Yeah, uh, I think Knight would come off the bench. What do you think, if they do keep him, do you think Knight comes off the bench? Yeah, but that's a lot of money to pay somebody coming <laughs> off the bench too. Yeah, I still I think you got to do it um, based on the numbers last year. Bledsoe and Booker lineup was a lot better than a right. night. Oh, yeah, uh, you got to start Booker lineup last year, sure. Yeah. So, um, all right, moving on here. Um, some news from Mark Stein saying that Durant uh, has basically no interest to play for the Rockets, but the Rockets are going to do everything they can to get a face to face. Any chance? Um, does Durant even get a face-to-face? With Houston, I'd say no. I mean, I guess there's there's sort of that like dotted line you could draw and say, well, he went to college in Texas, although Austin's not that close to Houston. Um, but I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know why he would go there. Like you're still you're still in the Western Conference. I, I don't actually remember whether he and Harden liked each other a whole lot. They I want to say they were cool. Yeah, they were okay. Okay, so. I mean, maybe they'd actually be a pretty good pairing there, probably more so than he and Westbrook are. Um, but you know, who who do they have at center? 
Capella. Somebody new, yeah. Actually, we'll segue to the another topic. The Rockets are already looking for Dwight replacements at this time. Yeah. He's a goner. Well, so here's the thing though, like if if they can get Whiteside in there, like that's a pretty good top three with uh with Harden, Durant, and Whiteside, and then you've got Beverly with playing some awesome defense uh, point guard. So it could be interesting. I yeah, don't they're going to be hard after Whiteside, man. Yeah, I, I don't think they're. I don't think he'll get the time, or the, the Rockets will get the time of day. But hey, no taxes, so who knows? Yeah, nice. Um, any anybody else? I mean, who else do you think they would even go after? I mean, there's not the center market. I guess Horford would probably be um, another guy who would really attract a lot of money. Um, yeah, I, I, Celtics have been rumored on him too, and I kind of want no part of him. He's what thirty, so you're paying him a max deal through like his thirty-four, thirty-five-year-old season. I'm good with that. I think. Yeah, it's gonna be expensive. And then who else? Um, you know who I think is kind of a sneaky guy, uh, Cole Aldrich. He had a really nice finish as, as a backup, not as a, a starter. Right. Yeah, but yeah. I think he's gonna kind of be um, um, kind of trying to think of someone who was really che- uh, Biombo, a guy who you kind of got on the cheap, uh, and then Biombo too was another guy who go right after him. There. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. So. I don't know. I think you, I think uh, you brought up Dwight. I think you see him end up in Dallas. I think Cuban goes hard after him. That'd be crazy. Ste- he loves stealing those rockets, man. With the, <laughs> I wonder if he'll take any nightclub pictures with oh, uh, my goodness. with some random dude with a camera, <laughs> like he did with Chandler Parsons. Uh, all right. So uh, a couple things. Point guard uh, Mario Chalmers is ahead of schedule. Free agent released. Uh, one of the few guys who um, just got straight up waived. Um, by the Grizzlies after his injury. Um, yeah. You had to do it um, to make roster moves and stuff. So where do you think he goes? Any idea? I mean, it, he's he's not going to be pursued heavily, but it's nice to hear that he's ahead of schedule. Maybe he'll be able to play in November. Yeah, I mean, he's so he's he's still only 30, so he's not, like, super old or anything like that. He, he I think he could be a good – I mean, he was actually in, in Memphis for – a little bit, at least. Um, he was good too. Right before was, he got hurt, man. Fantasy people yeah, were loving him. Yeah, sure. I mean, he's a decent off the bench guy. Um, you know, in, in the in the current NBA, I guess he's a little bit shorter than you'd like a point guard to be now. Now that it seems like every point guard's like six four, six five. Um, but yeah, I feel like he ends up on like I don't know, like Denver or something like that, backing up Moody. You know, one of those sort of like rebuilding type teams um i'm not sure he he helps one of those teams a whole lot but i don't know maybe maybe somebody like the knicks settles or the knicks settle for him if they can't land like conley or um you know they've been going after some top point guard that they want i don't know who that would be other than conley so maybe he maybe he's like their booby prize yeah i see him getting paid man uh someone's gonna people who miss out on conley and all that summer what's (laughs) up Everybody's gonna get paid this summer. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, above market value, like kind of like the way Wes Matthews got paid. Exactly, coming off an Achilles tear, like ah crap, we missed out on him. Let's just send him uh, some serious money. But don't forget, man, LeBron has no championships without Chalmers, so maybe he uh, he goes back with LeBron. He hates. Well, I don't know if hates the word, but he he drives Chalmers drives him nuts. Oh yeah, Chalmers was was the whipping boy, man. Maybe so he needs, he needs that hate in his life to to win titles. The uh, the other thing, sort of glomming off that, is uh, I think I think Aaron Aflalo is like the poster boy for this summer. So he was making I think eight million dollars last year, and then he had an eight million player option for this year. He's supposedly going to opt out of that. Uh, I think he's thirty or thirty one, and he averaged like 
8.6 points or something like that last season. I think it's just such a, uh, that's like the state of the NBA right now, that a guy like that is opting out of an $8 million deal thinking he's going to get more, which he probably will. Yeah. Uh, probably the only guy who had it backfire on him was J.R. Smith, who opted out right. and didn't right. really get paid like he thought. So um, people, I think, I, I still think, like you said, he'll opt out and really his last chance for a payday. Because uh, I think that one one more year, he's really, he's, I'm, I'm the biggest Aaron Aflato hater. I hate mid-range shots from shooting guards. So He's like a poor man's, like, DeRozan or something like yeah. that. Like, poor man's Evan Turner, even. <laughs> yeah. And even with, like, a little bit of Sean Livingston without the ball handling. Yeah, right, right. It's crazy, man. Uh, and then lastly here, uh, Jeremy Lin wants to start a uh, report with the Taipei Times overseas uh, saying that he wanted to start. Um, teams jump out to me. Uh, I think Houston's right up there. Uh, I was I think thinking that too. Yep. Reunite with Mike D'Antoni. We saw the win sanity when uh, D'Antoni was last year in New York and then all that stuff. So I think they're probably up there. Maybe back to New York um, with Hornacek. Uh, I think think those two teams are are up there if if they want to get a starter because uh, I know Hornacek had said he wants a more up tempo style. Not to not to stick in Texas too much, but what about the Mavs? Yeah, that'd be a good one. Because uh, isn't Williams going to opt out theoretically? I think he, he, they, even still, I mean, Darren's done, man. Yeah, he he's a shell of what he used to be. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that would be a pretty good spot for him. Um, Actually, the Spurs could be interesting. That would be crazy. I don't think they would pull, uh, pull Tony Parker out, though. Yeah, I don't think they would, but they probably should. Yeah. All right. Um, and then also one thing I wanted to mention, I think he's better as a bench guy. Like He was in such a great role with Charlotte with uh, the one-two combo. We saw when Kemba got hurt, he would step in, really fill out the starting lineup. And then when Batum got hurt, he really stepped in. So the versatility makes him a really ideal bench guy. I think he's definitely better as a bench guy. Um, and, and staying on that line of thinking, I think the Clippers could be a nice spot for him as he, he could kind of jump into that Austin Rivers role. Austin um, Rivers, your boy. Another guy, another guy who thinks he's going to get paid, uh, yeah. and maybe he will. But yeah, I mean, I think he could be a good Chris Paul backup and maybe slide into the two uh, when, when Reddick or Crawford or, or Hurd or, you know, on the bench, I guess. Yeah. All right, anything else? Got anything cool? I think how's that's how's it, the man. dad life going? <laughs> dad life's good. He's finally sleeping through the night and nice. uh, nine months Wednesday. So oh, wow, cool, man. Time's flying by. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, he gives me lots of time to watch basketball at night, which is nice. Nice. What time does he, what time do you put him, does he go to sleep? Uh, does he late, sleep a lot? Bedtime's like 7 38. So, nice. uh, yeah, and he sleeps about 10 or 12 hours every night. Nice. So it's good. Yeah, isn't like um, almost all your bone growth is when you're sleeping, right? If I if I remember my biology stuff, I think so. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's I mean it's just this is enthralling radio for everybody, I'm sure right now. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just uh, it's, it's crazy, man. You see, like every day is something new, like crawling or babbling or all sorts of stuff like that. Nice. So I got to put a basketball in his hands and get one of those little little uh, like Nerf hoops. Nice, and get a uh, the old lefty reliever too. <laughs> oh yeah, lefty. his right hand's just tied behind his back all day. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Did you know? Uh, I heard back way back when uh, in France, people would tie left. If you started writing left-handed, they would tie your left hand behind your back and make you write right-handed. Like I talked <laughs> That's to some fantastic. Lady, yeah, I talked to some lady who was like in her seventies and she grew up over there, and she saw me. I'm left-handed, and she saw and she mentioned that, and so that always stuck with me. That's funny. 
Yeah, so you got to do that, man, in reverse, though. So, <laughs> and uh, also, place kickers. Get them to t- place kickers there. I think they have a pretty uh, good deal. NFL place, like, NFL place I feel kickers. Like punters better because there's like way less pressure too. True. But if you're good, but you get you get paid more as a kicker, though, right? That's a good point. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. But and then you're, I think, well, what? I'm trying to think who gets who's more likely to get smacked on a. a yeah, pro- you're probably more likely probably to get hurt punter. as a place kicker, though. Yeah, I mean punters get killed sometimes too. True. I mean, I've, punters I've get seen guys break out. ribs and whatnot. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I'm hoping he becomes a golfer so then I can just follow him around to places like warm places. Like, and they go to Hawaii for two weeks in the winter. So, nice. but either like golf or tennis, I think is where my eggs are. Sweet man. All right, so we're gonna get out of here on that. Uh, you guys enjoy Game Five. Not sure what the pod schedule is gonna be, uh, but thanks for coming on, Nick. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.